going to ask Erica to uh, introduce our, our speaker. Okay, so I'm going to uh, omit all the titles, all the doctorate and things. So Leslie Griffiths is our patron. He spent most of his the 1970s in Haiti. Not an easy ride if you read his memoirs, but which I re highly recommend. He's been president of the Methodist Conference 1994 to 1995, and then superintendent of Wesley Chapel in London, which has also got the famous beautiful museum that one ought to see at least once in their lifetime. He's, become, he's been a member of the House of Lords since 2004, and he's now going to tell us what he's going to do next, since he hasn't done enough so far. Uh, good, thank you. Uh, well, thank you very much for this opportunity. Um, and uh, I've been asked to speak about a new chapter that's opening up for me at this particular time. And I hope you'll find it uh, interesting. Um, last summer, I was uh, elected to, by parliamentarians in Britain, to be a member of the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe. And I sit as a full member of one of its key committees, which is the one that's related to migration, refugees, and displaced people. The Council of Europe was founded in 1949. It's older than the European Union and must be held apart from it in your minds. And it has given us, of course, uh, the adaptation of or the development of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights formulated by the United Nations in 1948. And we have the European Convention of Human Rights, which is one of the great cornerstones of the work of the Council of Europe, dedicated as it is to human rights, the rule of law um, and democracy. So that's the, the big picture, as it were. You happen to have organized this day um, at, a, at a juncture in my work which has all been virtual up to now. It's the most frustrating thing I have ever done in my life. I have begun to make the acquaintance of people uh, across Europe um, without ever having met them. To have um, mastered the Byzantine technological ways of communicating with each other um, without ever having had a face-to-face -face meeting with a single one. Um, but this particular Saturday is very important. Let me just say about the Council of Europe in general terms one more thing. It includes Russia, which at the moment, in terms of its record with human rights, um, is in a curious place. It includes Turkey with its aggrandizing uh, desires to intervene in the Azerbaijan and Armenia situation and in the denial of human rights is an interesting case. Um, the Nagorno-Karabakh issue, which I have become involved in, uh, where Christian Armenia and Muslim Azerbaijan, both offshoots of the former Soviet Union, um, are shouting at each other about the abuse of human rights, about genocide, crimes against humanity, and the rest of it. Um, so all of those things seem to me to be um, tinderboxes for potential difficulties of all kinds. Um, and uh, I'm... On Monday until Thursday, uh, we have the general meetings, which would normally take place in Strasbourg, uh, but I shall be sat as I am now in my study here in London. Uh, and I have two speeches in the course of the, of, of the proceedings. 
and one of them will be about the role of NGOs and civil society in democracy as we understand it, um, and the other will be about um, ethnic profiling, which is um, uh, a development of European Council thinking in the aftermath of the Black Lives Matter uh, discussions. Um, one other thing, if I may just say it, where there's a coincidence between what I'm trying to get involved in in the Council of Europe and what I'm involved in in the House of Lords in our British Parliament. On Monday, the committee stage begins for the domestic abuse bill. There are many, many, there are five days of committee work to do as we try to improve the legislation, which is most welcome, um, because the European, the, the, the Council of Europe evolved what's called the Istanbul Convention um, some 10 years ago, uh, which tries to safeguard the interests of women who suffer abuse, whether at home or in other ways. And so at home, and abroad, we're going to be looking at particularly the question which interests me, which is the case of migrant women seeking refuge in Britain, um, who have the Home Office overseeing their case, which is two-pronged. Firstly, they are seeking the redress or the support that all abused women are entitled to, and on the other hand, um, they are trying to process an application for permission to stay in Britain. The Home Office oversees both of those, and they can be conflictual and denied to women who are suffering the rights to which they should properly be entitled to claim. So here we are with an overlap, and I'm hoping that the amendment I want to speak to in Westminster isn't called at the same time as the speech I have to make on Wednesday afternoon <laughs> in Strasbourg. I mean, I have all my life tried to practice by location, but I have not yet achieved that skill. Uh, one day, Erica will introduce me um, as having mastered that skill too. Anyway, um, just let me say, um, because I'm under um, uh, real pressure from Erica, and those who've been under pressure for Eric from Erica know exactly what that amounts to, um, not to, not to over, overstay my welcome, as it were. But as I look at these various areas, oh, I should just, one more thing, at the beginning of April, coronavirus permitting, I'm due to be part of a, a team of 20 of us from the council overseeing um, a round of elections in Bulgaria. I was to have done that in Moldova, but the virus stopped that from happening back in October. Uh, one of the things that I'd really like uh, a forum like the one I see in front of me uh, to be aware of is the opportunity I believe this gives for bringing the voice of the church into the debates that are happening. Let me just say in three different ways. Firstly, um, I'm becoming aware of the movement within European Methodist churches to move away from historic relationships with the United Methodist Church of the United States of America. Good riddance to them at the moment is what I would say, um, uh, which would allow uh, Britain, which would allow the British Methodist Church to, to enter into a European Methodist presence. Um, I'm talking to uh, a bishop uh, who is in Strasbourg. I'm very much hoping 
that I can align myself with the thinking of European Methodism as I bring my voice to bear in the councils of, um, of, 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 the, of, the, of Europe. Um, and second, secondly, uh, the World Methodist Council has an officer, uh, it's called the Geneva um, person, um, who also lives in Germany as it happens, and she and I are in close contact because of an overlapping of our areas of interest too. Um, and then thirdly, uh, the Waldensians um, and the work done in Lampedusa. Um, all the terrific outreach and, 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 and help that's being given um, that's so well spoken of uh, by Methodists and Waldensians there. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get to Lesbos and I'd very much, of course, like to go to, to, um, to the south of Italy um, to see with my own eyes and to bring a more authoritative voice to the debates of the Council of Europe. Well, that's a kind of um, rapid, rapid run through uh, without any opportunity to develop anything. Um, but who would have thought that uh, someone like me after 50, well, yesterday was the 48th anniversary of my ordination. After 48 years, you're entitled to uh, watch the daisies grow or else um, to push them up. Um, but uh, neither of those possibilities is yet available to me. And so um, that's a kind of overview a scamper through um, the different things that are happening right now in my life as a member of the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe. Thank you. Thank you very much, Leslie. And uh, we, as I said before, uh, we send you our very best wishes for your many endeavors which are you know breathtaking to uh, to contemplate for somebody who is in full-time occupation uh, uh, let alone uh, in in, in uh, these later days so thank you again